0: Welcome to episode 73 of the Valley Sports Talk podcast. Uh, it is on the day we're recording this. It is NHL draft night. We're about 45 minutes away, right? Did I do math right? Yeah, math. Yeah. I think it starts at 8. No, 7. Does it start at 7? Maybe mm-hmm. the pre-show starts at 7. But anyway, something something starts at 7. It's, it's tonight. That's all you need to know. The, um, <laughs> the draft will be over by the time you're watching this. Um, this is kind of, kind of going to be a two-parter, um, me and Brandon are going to talk about a bit of news before the draft, and then I think we're going to recap the draft after, because there's always moves on draft nights. Um, there's already been a, a couple moves up to this point. Um, so we're going to talk about the moves up to this point, and then you'll see a quick cut. Uh, me and Brandon will probably be wearing different clothes and such, and we will be talking about the draft but it's all going to be in one video for you guys because we're, like, we're cool like
1: that. Have you, have we ever done that before? I don't think so.
0: Other than like, other than, uh, interviews. Other than like putting like an interview in a, in, yeah. in between or something. And I don't know if we've actually done like a podcast, like a podcast episode of cl- of two clips. Dedication
1: right yes. there. Dedication. <clears throat> yeah. So like Noah said, we kind of, uh, the draft is about to happen. That's why we're recording this part first. And and there's been uh in the last week or so, there's been a lot of moves be- moves being made, and we didn't want them to be lost in in our minds. from Because once the draft starts, everything that happened before kind of gets forgot about. So we want to talk about that. And then, like Noah said, we'll transition into the draft. Um, I'm going to do my best to go in order from oldest to newest. I, I think I'm doing a pretty good job. The only thing that won't be is uh, my favorite team and Noah's favorite team both made moves today, and we will save the- those to last. Um, The oldest piece of news is uh, Taylor Hall and Nick Felino have been traded to Chicago for two prospects,
0: basically. The oldest, that was yesterday.
1: Yeah, there's been a lot of moves. Okay, maybe not the oldest, but you know what? Just let me be, okay?
0: (laughs) Appreciate it, Dickies. But yeah, just a, it's weird to say that a, a heart, a former heart trophy winner, is in a salary dump move. You know what I mean?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But yeah, it's a salary dump, obviously, for Boston. Um, Foligno was a bit of a UFA anyway, so he was coming off the books, but Taylor Hall was getting paid, I think, what, six mil or something? Something around there? Yeah, he's uh, six mil on the dot. Yeah, six on the dot. And yeah, getting him off the books lets Boston have a bit more uh, flexibility this offseason. I I honestly think it's a very good move for, for the Blackhawks. Obviously, after tonight, we're assuming... Um, unless they completely shock the entire NHL universe, and they are going to take Connor Bedard tonight, and I, I think giving him honestly probably a, a line mate of Taylor Hall is is a pretty a decent <clears> one. <throat> Taylor Hall is an above average hockey player. If he can stay healthy, that is, um, and I think he's gonna. I think it's a good fit for beside Bedard. I think it's a good a good player to give Bedard a, a, in his first year.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I like it for Boston. Um, obviously, like you said, you get the cap down. Uh Boston has. Three big free agents this year, and Jeremy Swayman, Dimitri Orloff, and Tyler Bertuzzi. So who do you think, from dumping this salary? Who do you think their their priority is? If if you were to prioritize those three players, give me your
0: order. Oh, uh, I think it, it. I think it goes. If you're Boston, I think this is is a Bertuzzi move. I think is their number one. Uh Swayman being two. And I, I agree. think I think Orloff's number three. I think Orloff was more of a rental than anything. Um, but I think Bertuzzi's honestly just a better Taylor Hall. He's a very slashy player. He creates his own um opportunities off the rush, doesn't have much of a finishing touch, but has speed. Uh and they still I know I I have heard a lot that Boston is shopping Allmark So I think Swayman will be back. And I think Swayman honestly will be their starting goalie next year. I, I've heard a lot on Twitter that. Boston's actively shopping Allmark right now for the draft. It
1: makes sense. He's this is the best return you're ever gonna get for this guy. He's twenty nine while Swayman's so only twenty four. So uh I could definitely see that. And then for Chicago, like you said, not only do they get Hall, but um they also re- signed not re-signed, but they signed Nick Felino right after to uh a one year four million dollar contract. Um that's probably the Connor Bedard factor right there. I feel like um when you have a, a prospect like Connor Bedard and you get the first overall pick, your, your rebuild can get fast-forwarded really quick because
0: players want to play with him. It, players want to see what he's about.
1: Yeah, if if you're a free agent and you see Taylor Hall's on Taylor Hall's a right winger, I believe is he right uh, or left?
0: I, I believe he's a left-handed shot, but plays on his off wing.
1: That's what I thought too. So if if you're like I know a good left winger is Michael Bunting. Um, if you're a, a left winger in free agency and you see Connor Bedard and and um. And Taylor Hall, would you not want to sign in, in Chicago? I mean, that's huge. Um, yeah, I feel like we're gonna see Chicago might be uh, pretty pretty big in, in free agency here just because again of, of that signing. No, another
0: um, another thing, sorry, before before we move on, I I also see this one year deal as a as a trade deadline piece. Like I think a team would, 100%. would throw a third round pick for Felino. He's a veteran forward that's played in the playoffs. Like, yeah, just quick thing to throw in, but I could totally see kind of like a max Domi situation this year.
1: And he's made it known. That's the perfect point. Cause, cause Nick Flynn has made it known he wants to win a cup. He's, he's never won one. And, and, uh, his last two teams are, are Toronto and Boston. And he, he was in Columbus for such a long time. And, and he said he loved Columbus and <clears throat> he he moved to Toronto just to win a cup and then signed with Boston again, just to, just to try and win a cup. So I can definitely see that. Um, very much in a smaller aspect uh the st louis blues traded uh for kevin hayes at 50 uh, retained for a six-round draft pick
0: yeah um honestly it was a huge trade apparently there's a huge trade in talks and i know mm-hmm. happened where tory krug didn't want to move his uh no move clause to go to philly which makes sense because philly looks like they're completely tearing it down but kevin Hayes doesn't really jump out of the page off as you he's a good great player uh good player but he doesn't really he's not very noticeable I find on the ice like he's a, a very basic hockey player I'm not saying that's a bad thing but he's not like a flashy player like that he gets the job done um I don't really think this puts St Louis back over the hump to contend so it's a but honestly they they gave up not very much for him for a a solid third Center maybe maybe a second line winger um but like I said I don't think this really puts St. Louis over the hump to get back into the contention window
1: no I agree and I mean Kevin Hayes has been a good player in the past and and St. Louis just reminds me of what doesn't remind me but is is one of those teams that doesn't want to go into a full rebuild I know they didn't have the best of years last year but they still have a lot of good young pieces and I feel like uh they still want to be a contending hockey team and and if you can get kevin hayes at 50 and and he can sort of flash back to a couple years ago then for a six-round pick definitely worth it um again pretty minor trade uh the colorado avalanche traded alex newhook to the montreal canadians for picks 31 and 37 so late first round pick early second round pick
0: yeah obviously um colorado didn't have a first round pick i believe they traded it um in another trade if I'm not mistaken um but I don't know I I, I am a, a big fan of New Hook so I like this trade for the Canadians get another young player he's only 23 he's an RFA I don't think he's going to break the bank uh for cost um but I think it's just something that led up to a deal we'll talk about in a, in a, like a bit is the reason they sort of made this um they could probably get a cheaper player um to do the same thing that alex newhook does but i don't know i i I like the side i like montreal's side better yeah i
1: do too i mean obviously for um colorado he he's a good young player who uh just has a lot of play a lot of really good players ahead of him that he's got to try and climb so it's going to be hard for him to become an impactful player in this roster he was kind of bottom six minutes um so, I get why they were looking to move him and get some draft capital back. But, I mean, that's two years in a row. Montreal has gotten solid players for late picks. Like, they got Kirby Doc last year. Um, I remember Evan was so happy. We were at the Ball Diamond when that was announced. Um, but, so, that's two years in a row. Montreal has done something like that. And, and I mean, along with the young core they have, trading players, like, for that, it's, it's just going to help them in the future. Um, breaking away from the trades for one little bit. They did announce um, opening day schedule, and uh, we have Tampa Bay Lightning and the Nashville Predators, which I don't think is, is that big of a game, um, personally. Then we got the Knights and the Kraken, which is cool, because two expansion teams. But the one I want to bring you up against is Pittsburgh opens their season on opening day against Connor Bedard and the Chicago Blackhawks. That's kind of cool.
0: I like it. I, I think it's honestly a great <laughs> selling point by the league honestly getting the best player of the last generation um facing alpha in his first game against possibly uh, obviously mcdave is going to be there Um, but possibly if if all the hype lives up then the most dominant player of the next generation um so I, I think it's a very good my comparable like my comparable to bedard is crosby it's a smaller crosby i think he's got all the same the same skill set as crosby um, with the decision-making and everything. We can talk about that um, in our draft video, but I, I like it. I, obviously, I'll be watching that. I'll be very in tune to watching um, how Pittsburgh looks uh, and obviously Bedard getting his first NHL game against uh, an arguable top five p- uh, player to ever play the game.
1: Yeah, obviously, you and I both know Crosby still has lots to give, but for the average hockey player, not a player for the average hockey fan who just um, doesn't watch it as deeply as we do, who thinks uh, Sidney Crosby's getting up there in age. Do you think the NHL is trying to show it as a, a passing of the torch, sort of?
0: I could see it. I think there was a more of a passing of a torch whenever McDavid came to the league because he was, I know, I think, I think Bedard's like the first, the last prospect since McDavid to get as much hype as he has. Um, I wouldn't really say passing the torch, but like you said, I think Crosby still has left lots left in the tank. You know, he was. On point, on pace for 108 points last year before uh, he got hurt, or not hurt before he kind of slowed down. Um, but he still ended the season well over a point per game. So I still think that the torch isn't being passed yet. It's it's starting to move, but it hasn't <laughs> fully passed yet.
1: Crosby's starting to reach his arm out, but he's not handing it over. Yet. He's starting
0: to extend, but he's not <laughs> handing it off yet.
1: Moving over, probably the biggest deal so far. We have the Kings acquiring Pierre Luc Dubois. In exchange for uh Gabe Velarde, Alex follow uh, a second round pick and a prospect. It's yeah, a
0: prospect. I, I love this trade for Winnipeg. Um, I know Montreal was heavily in it. Um, Winnipeg basically got three impact players. I really like follow and Velarde. Um, and they, that prospect they got cracked the roster this year. He was, he was a yeah, a, he made, I forget his name. Um, it's uh, I'll try, but Rasmus Kupari. Kupari, yes, Kupari. Um, he he looked good, but obviously for Winnipeg, Dubois made it clear. I actually I'm not a very big fan of Dubois at all. He's sort of forced his way off two teams. He's never happy. Yada yeah, yada. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna get into that because we're just trying to be quick here. Um, but I I find this a win for for both teams. Dubois wants to, he's stuck there for eight years now. Um LA has arguably one of the best top six in the in the NHL, I definitely put them top five, six, um, and Winnipeg is going to stay competitive with younger and players that want to be there and good players uh, that can grow into their sort of shell in Winnipeg.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, one of the trades are that I, that I, we didn't talk about in that
0: you know, the second
1: round pick was Arizona's pick, the one that sent Sean Derzy to Arizona from LA. I think that was a great pickup for Arizona, by the way. But um, yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, yeah, like you said, it's it's huge for Winnipeg because um, it sounds like Mark Shifley will probably never play a game again for them. It sounds like Blake Wheeler will never play a game with them again. Connor Hellebuck probably won't play a game with them again. Like, there's there's lots of moving pieces in Winnipeg, and to bring back, I mean, Alex Ovechkin is like 28, so he's he's a little bit older, but Gabe is still young. Uh, Rasmus Kupari is really young and good, like you were saying. Um, that's a huge win, especially because Pierre Luc Dubois was not coming back. Um, and then for the King side, I think it's a huge risk and reward. Obviously, Pierre Luc Dubois is good, but my next point is he signed eight years, eight point five million dollars. So that's a lot of money, especially when you're giving up some young players. And I think we can all agree that the LA Kings are good already, but they have a lot of young prospects coming up <clears throat> and to trade two of those away for a guy who really hasn't proven himself yet. Um, and to sign him to an eight year, eight and a half million dollars. If if it doesn't work out, if Pierre-Luc Dubois doesn't work out, Zach. the Kings could get some heat for this one. I don't know. I feel like they had, they had such a good young roster and if, if, Pierre Luc Dubois doesn't work out. I feel like it could, it, well, it will be a massive loss. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, no one's moving.
0: Sorry, people came in my house.
1: Happens, be- <laughs> happens to the best, of us. Um, moving on from Pierre Luc Dubois, we called this kind of, uh, I guess, a couple podcasts ago. We we saw that the Devils had three NHL goalies. Um. And we thought they would move one. We didn't know which one. But it's Mackenzie Blackwood to the Sharks for a six-round pick.
0: Yeah, I mean he's two years ago he's a good goalie, but you know, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. And even when he hasn't been on the ice, um he hasn't really been all that good. Uh six round pick's probably about what his value was, to be honest. Um sharks took a flyer on him. Uh I think that means that uh capo has gone and I believe Reimer may be a free agent. So
1: who knows? Yeah, probably. Um I can search it up real quick while I'm talking. Let's see if I can do both. Um yeah like oh. you said for a six round pick it it's a it can't lose trade for
0: the for the Sharks. Like yeah the odds of the odds of a six round the odds of that six round pick <laughs> being a impact player and or even a good player and is very low. So
1: yeah 100% and um, Low risk yeah, Rimer is a free agent uh, uh, Capo was still signed for one more year At 26 years old And Black was only 26 years old So I could see them running those two goalies next year And yeah it's a six round pick If he doesn't work out Six round pick If he does work out well then that's kind of a steal Um going off uh not a trade we have a signing here the stars signed Evgeny Dadnov back to a two-year a 2.25 average
0: yeah I mean I think that's pretty good in the playoffs um obviously it's it's good that he's finally found a, a, a spot I feel like he's been tossed around a lot uh lately you know he was on Montreal he was on Vegas he was on Ottawa you know, he he's had a carousel of teams the last year, so it's good that he's finally finding a spot. I think he's a great middle six winger. Yeah. Um speaking of
1: I mean, we we're just talking about the Jets who are kind of imploding, but speaking of another Canadian team who's imploding, the uh Calgary Flames traded Tyler Toffoli to the Devils for Sharon Govich and the eightieth pick in this year's draft. And then um Sharon Govich signed a two year uh three point one million
0: dollar average. Yeah, I think uh I think it's a win for for New Jersey. You know, they're getting a goal score. New Jersey looks stacked. Not they to cut do. You off. Their top six is <laughs> great. Um sucks being a fan uh of a in the uh metro right now. Um but yeah uh I think I feel like Calgary could have gotten more um to is a very good goal scorer. He's a very good top six winger. Um, he's he's he can play the power of play. You know, he's he's that bumper guy, the one T guy. So I really like the trade for the Devils as much as it pains me to say that because Pittsburgh's in the Metro. Um, not too high on the return for Calgary.
1: No, obviously the return for Calgary wasn't as good as you were hoping for, but in the in the fact that you said they could have got more, I don't know if they could have. Like when you have obviously um Tyler Follies is a really good player. Um plays well in the playoffs. Um, when you got guys like the Foley, Hannafin, Lindholm, I'm forgetting somebody else. But when they're, they're back, back back when, when they're publicly saying they're not coming back, when they're publicly saying they're not coming back that they're I mean and they have every right to, but when Tyler Follie says he's not coming back, he's screwing the Flames over. Yeah. He's screwing the Flames over like they won't be able to get as much as you normally would. Um as soon as other teams know the players not coming back, his value instantly goes down. Um, so that's probably as
0: as bad as it sounds, that's probably all they could get. That's probably the best offer they received. And shocked. speaking of that, I'm shocked how much if that's true, then it doesn't really seem true for the Pierre Luc Dubois situation. Cause I think <laughs> we got a decent haul for them.
1: The thing is, I think Pierre Luc Dubois is just younger, and and I feel like him and Tyler's fully aren't too far off skill-wise right now. So and by the sounds of it, Montreal was pushing pretty hard as well. So in that case... I, I,
0: I heard Montreal was pushing, but I heard that they didn't... Winnipeg wanted to stay competitive. They didn't want picks. They wanted uh, impact players, which is what they got. Yeah. From LA. I
1: also heard... um Speaking of Kirby Doc, I heard that um L, uh, Winnipeg wanted Kirby Doc, and Montreal wouldn't give it. So I think like what you're saying is accurate. I think LA was okay with giving players, where Montreal wanted to give picks. Yeah, and that's probably why the deal didn't go through. And then we see Montreal send picks to get Alex Newhook. So I guess every team won won and got what they wanted. Um, Speaking of trading for picks, the Lightning have traded Ross Colton to the Avalanche for the thirty seventh pick.
0: Yeah, I think this is. I think he's RFA. I think this is a move to sort of try to sign Kaloran. I know they have offered him a high uh, or a long term deal with lower AV. Um, but he declined it so right now it looks like he's going to open the market but I think this trade sort of gives them more flexibility to try to bring back Kaloran. and this was like I was talking about earlier Um, Ross Colton and Alex Newhook I find are very similar players and I just feel like Ross Colton is a cheaper well it's a cheaper version of Alex Newhook Um, for the Avalanche side so I, I like it for both sides
1: yeah I agree they got to sign they got to try and sign back uh, Tanner Janot and alex clorn and and to do that you're gonna have to free up some cap space and ross colton was making did he make it mid two
0: yeah i believe he was an rfa this year though
1: oh was he okay but either way he was gonna he was so he's gonna make more than that probably he was gonna be up by around three in between three maybe yeah
0: i give him 2.75 or something yeah something
1: like that for sure so it's basically do you want ross colton or do you want a chance at alex clorn and taylor Taylor or janelle i guess is, is how they looked at it um then we got the Devils who uh, re-signed Timo Meyer to an eight-year, eight-point-eight million-dollar average.
0: Obviously, he's a good player. I think it was a bit of an overpay, in my opinion. I think uh, he's getting around Stutzel money, and I think the Stutzel contract is going to be a way better. It's going to end up looking better than the. Or I think he's even getting Stutzel's getting cheaper. But I think the Stutzel contract is going to look way better than this contract. I think New Jersey sort of panicked and decided they had to overpay to get him to stay. I think was the only way that he was going to stay. But I actually do think it's a W for the fact that he's not a rental. You know, they gave up a lot for him at the deadline. And the fact that they were able to bring him back is a a big thing. But the only way they were able to do that with his production prior prior trade, obviously he had a lot of production um, in San Jose, but his production prior not prior, sorry, after the trade. Um, obviously dip, so I think it's a bit of an overpay.
1: Yeah, to pay almost nine million dollars for the next eight years to a player who who put up what two one point in the playoffs? Yeah,
0: well, I think I think one goal.
1: Yeah, that's that's a little tough. Um I was shocked all the all the things I was reading and listening to. Um and the reason this wasn't signed earlier is because the Devils wanted Jack Hughes at $8 million to be their highest paid forward. And uh, that's kind of what they were. That's the message they relayed to Timo Meyer. And, and uh, somehow he, he got up past Jack Hughes number. And I mean, good for them, the Devils. I mean, obviously if you put Timo Meyer in the playoffs 10 times like that, he's, he's going to score one goal one time. Like it's not going to happen again. So he, he got that out of the way and, and now they can move on and, and i mean like you said their their top 6 looks really good but i also agree with you there's probably better players they could have put in that role but uh it it, it does seem like they got a lot of a lot of goal scorers and they could use use some they're kind of like the leafs of old they could use some tough guys on that roster but we shall see um very small piece of news but i found it funny that that it's kind of blowing up it's um Milan Lucic publicly came out and said he will be playing for the boston bruins next year oh that it was and, 700k
0: yeah he said
1: regardless of if i get traded there or if i have to wait until i'm a free agent i will be going there and that that kind of makes me feel like this is milan lucic's last year in the nhl uh um, I, I can see that with him yeah. also
0: with him winning world championship gold this year uh for team canada and it being his first time wearing the sweater i feel like He's accomplished everything he's wanted to do uh, yeah. in the NHL and just sort of a farewell tour in Boston. all Well, Also, I still think Boston's going to be competitive next year with a chance to win the Cup.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's won a Cup with Boston. He, his career blossomed in Boston. Um, yeah, so when you see veterans go back to their, to their first team on a one-year veteran minimum, it normally means it's their last year, which is kind of unfortunate because Milan Lucic has been such a funny – not funny, he's really good at hockey, he's really good at what he does, but he's been quite the adventure to follow around it as we've grown up in hockey. Um, second last thing, we have the Toronto Maple Leafs, the the first move as general manager. Um, they've signed David Camp back, four years, two and a half million dollar average. We both, when we did the Leafs recap, we both said Camp was going to be gone, so this one kind of shocks me.
0: I don't think it shocks me. I just think that we, I just think that we were looking at Toronto's having bigger priorities. um, Basically, bigger priorities being Austin Matthews. Two and a half for a fourth line center that provides no scoring is a bit steep, but at the same time, I don't hate it. Um, I do think he was one of their better players in the playoffs. Um, Just, I feel like, on the defensive side on the PK side, especially in the Tampa series, he was very noticeable um he personally would be a a uh, a fourth line player that I would love on my team um so I think two and a half is maybe a bit steep for a for a fourth line center but at the same time I don't hate it. See
1: the way I kind of thought about it is two and a half I had the same agreement with you two and a half is steep for a fourth line center. I think he's gonna be the Leaf's third line center. He was the Leaf's third line center all last year until they got Ryan O'Reilly. <clears throat> and then he moved down to fourth. Um like you said, he's super good defensively, he's really good in the face-off dot.
0: And uh yes, he was he was thirty-third uh best in the face off dot or something something like that. Like he was a top thirty-three. I don't I don't know yeah. I saw a stat on it today.
1: But yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I think two point five is steep if He's a fourth liner, but because he's making two point five, I think he will be Toronto's third line center, just like he was to start last season. Which says Ryan O'Reilly will not be back as a Toronto Maple
0: Leaf. But yeah, I believe so.
1: Such such is life. Um, moving on to the last sort of bit of news here, the Golden Knights re-signed Ivan Barbashev to a five-year, five million dollar contract, and the only reason they were able to do this is because, um. Oh, my God, I'm blanking. Um, Kyle Dubas, GM or president of the Pittsburgh Penguins, traded for Riley Smith for a third-round draft pick.
0: Yeah, I was a big fan of this trade. I, I was at the gym whenever uh, I saw it. Um, basically, and it was also the third that they send was the third that Pittsburgh got in the Teddy Bluger trade. So it was already Vegas' third-round pick. So it was basically a Teddy Bluger for Riley Smith swap um, which I am made me love it even more Um, Riley Smith is a great player Uh, I think he's going to slot in on the second line with uh, Malkin but the one thing that I think uh, realized as I believe that this means that Zucker's time in Pittsburgh is done Um, unless unless they're possibly able to shed some cap tonight I know Jeff Petrie has been in talks uh, with San Jose being a possible destination for Petrie. Um, um, Maybe they can take his contract. But that being said, uh, it's sort of Smith and Zucker to me are similar players, but they're taking less of a long like I think this sort of sets their window because Smith is 32 signed for two years. Where, if you're going to sign Zucker, it's probably going to be four or five, is what he would be demanding. Um, so, I think this kind of sets up Pittsburgh's window the next two years, obviously being their window with Crosby, Malkin, and Latang all getting up there in age. Um, and, like I said, basically just Teddy Bluger, who barely played for Vegas, for Riley Smith. So, I have no issues with it.
1: Yeah, you make good points there. It's a two year contract that's kind of the same contract length as Sidney Crosby. Um, that, that like you said that's their window so it makes a whole lot of sense there um on Vegas's side the way you got to think about it is they basically traded Riley Smith for a third and Barbashev because if you don't get rid of uh, Riley Smith it's it's going to be very difficult to re-sign Barbashev actually I don't think they would have been able to so um they didn't just get a third in that trade they also got Ivan Barbashev back so it works out for both sides um and like you said Pittsburgh definitely has more moves to make um i know being a a team that was general managed by Kyle Dubas he does not like to hold on to his first round picks so yeah uh, i
0: i wouldn't be surprised if 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 that gets moved tonight for an impact player
1: i think in Kyle Dubas's time Toronto made two first round picks so um, if if you were to trade Jeff Petrie in a first round pick, like you said, I wouldn't be very surprised. Um, maybe other maybe guys, get a, maybe, maybe we'll like um
0: Eric Carlson coming back at like yeah, maybe maybe like
1: Michael Granlund. I got no idea. Um, oh crap! I actually did have uh one more piece, two more pieces of news, really quick. Damn. Um, we can go through these really quick. We both thought that UC Saros was going to get traded.
0: Yes, I saw Skaros being talked about, but it's
1: yeah, Askarov who's a super highly sought after prospect um
0: i heard that they're trying to move into the top five montreal um montreal um has number five would not be shocked if we see a number five going to the predators for a scar off in 15. i could definitely see that too um the last
1: thing i wanted to bring up this can be super quick um obviously the sharks are looking to trade eric carlson the Sharks want to move on from Carlson. Carlson wants to move on from the Sharks. It's it's mutual. Um, the NHL put out a, a news report, and the three teams mostly linked to oh, Carlson no. are the, the Hurricanes, the Kraken, and the Maple Leafs.
0: Leafs, yes. Rank
1: those three in, in best fit
0: to worst fit. Best fit to worst fit? Best fit, Hurricanes, Leafs, Kraken.
1: Yeah, fair enough. I honestly think the Leafs are probably the worst fit, just because I don't know how they would make that work. But the Sharks are definitely going to have to retain fifty percent of whatever trade happens, probably
0: for sure. Or I saw a lot that I thought like thirty. I saw a mock trade to the to the Leafs, and it was thirty three (laughs) percent, and then Muzzin's going back the other way. Muzzin's contract.
1: Yeah. So yeah, but then Muzzin would be put right onto LTIR. So yeah. All right. Yeah,
0: that's the news. That's the news. Speaking of that, we will jump over to our draft recap.